welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. The throat is our authentic expression. And to be in our authentic expression is really needing to be a place where we can hold our awareness and our emotional body at the same time and our sexuality and everything and in finding what our purpose is in the world and being true to that within the tantric tradition and in holding true to what the tantric tradition encourages it's really doing in the world what turns you on what impassions you so that there's no separation between work and your life that you're living your truth and that can be very hard right so who here just so i can get an idea is in a job that it's like when they finish work or on the weekend that's when they're like oh now i get to have some fun right How's that working for you? <laughs> what would it be like to have so much faith in spirit and the human spirit that you can actually do what you love and earn money doing that and attract everything you need and feel safe? Because what we're told is that the way that we feel safe is to get a nine to five job do what some boss is telling us to do and be in a system which is pretending to create safety by giving you your paycheck each week of which usually at least 30% goes to the government to pay for military weapons and casinos and roads and fucking bullshit and that's what the world tells us right this is what will make you safe work nine to five have an income pay off your mortgage, save up for your children's education. And it's quite accepted that for most of your life, from nine to five every day, it's okay for you to feel shit. Because we live in a world where the destination is much more important than the journey. And where we're going and climbing the proverbial ladder of success actually takes precedence over our joy in each moment because the elusive joy that we're one day gonna fucking have when we get our superannuation is more important than here and now. So how much do you value yourself? How much do you value your time? How much do you value happiness? And how well do you understand that joy and happiness is not something to aspire to or something that you're gonna get to? It's here now. And yes, we have to work hard and we also don't have to work hard. It's both. And the masculine and feminine dance is always both. Yes, you are special and you have a special destiny in this world. And you're not special, right? Because actually in your service, it goes beyond your personality. Yes, all that matters is your service in the world when you're living your destiny. And in that, all that matters is serving yourself. So this is where we find the feminine, the masculine dance when we're on purpose and we're creating really what I feel is that ultimately 
ultimate happiness is when you're working for no one when you're doing God's work and God's work is simply what is an authentic expression for you in the world when you empty out and allow love to flow through you and that's going to be different for everyone are you a musician are you a writer are you a politician are you a teacher are you a cook but what is unique to you cannot be found with only your masculine or only your feminine. And often, the job that we're in, there's only one part of us that's on board with that. So just like in relationships, the invitation is to start asking you, is both my masculine and my feminine a yes to this person? Is my animal a yes? Is my heart a yes? Is my consciousness a yes? Ask the same question with your job. Is my animal a yes to this? Does it get me excited? Is my heart a yes? Is this the way that I can express love? Is my consciousness a yes? Does it turn my mind on? Am I getting turned on here? Am I getting turned on here? Am I getting turned on here? Getting turned on within the tantric tradition isn't just about being turned on in the bedroom. It's about being turned on in fucking everything you do. Am I turned on in my friendships? Am I turned on in my work? Am I turned on when I step outside and feel the elements touching my skin, is kundalini energy felt and breathed as an in-the-moment experience of life force energy touching us? Are you touched by life or are you planning your life? And are you living each day for the next year or the year after or when you're 60? It's an old paradigm. And it takes courage. It's like my first step of courage was I graduated from law school, the highest in my class. I was accepted in one of the best law firms in Melbourne before I'd even finished my degree. And while I was doing my articles, I got accepted to, into a scholarship in Holland, in Utrecht. And actually the law firm I was doing articles for kept paying me while I was studying in Holland. And I was also getting money from the government. And I was studying international law and I'd already done international Chinese commercial law in China, which helped me get into this scholarship program. And I was absolutely excelling. And of course I was making everybody proud in my family. And then when I was in Utrecht, I met this man, Hugo Westethius, and we became very good friends. He was a musician. And he would like ride me home after the exchange student parties. And he'd be like riding home and singing. Or he'd like comment on the smell of the earth and you know, would get to his place and he'd dance with me. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> Who is this guy? And I'm like, why are you so weird? And he just, he had this dimple. He was well cute, of course. And um, he's like, you know, in his accent, what do you mean? I'm like, you're just not like other guys. You're just, you're so fun. And he's like, oh, thank you. And then I'm like, like, what were your parents like? Whenever I feel a difference in someone, I'll ask them what their parents are like. He's like, well, 
My dad is a Steiner teacher and my mum is a jazz musician. And I'm like, oh, what's Steiner? Steiner. And he said it's this alternative form of education. Now, I always wanted to be a teacher when I was a little girl, but I also always wanted a Ferrari. <laughs> when I went to my careers advisor in year 12 or year 11, year 11, you know, we had this bullshit fucking meeting about what I wanted to be. And I said, I want to be a teacher. And she's like, don't waste your grades on being a teacher. Like, you can be anything, be a doctor or a lawyer. And then I'm like, oh, okay, if I'm a lawyer, do I get to change the world? She's like, yeah, if you become a judge, you can impact, you can change statutes. And I'm like, right, because I always wanted to change the world. So I'm like, right, I'm going to be a lawyer and change the world. Little did I know it takes 10 years usually before you can become a judge. And by then you're so in the system that you need to take fucking cocaine every day just to bear with the lack of integrity that's in the, in the legal field. And when I was doing my articles, a lot of the people I worked with were on coke and working ridiculous hours till like 10 o'clock at night and really supporting whatever person. I was, I was working in a family, in a practice that specialised in family law. And the people that would come in and I was sitting in on all the meetings, it's like whoever had the most money could afford the lawyer. I'm like, this doesn't really feel like justice to me. So anyway, here I am, and he's talking about this style of education. Because the one thing that also put me off teaching was that teaching is quite political and there wasn't a lot of freedom to teach what I wanted to teach. So anyway, I said to him, okay, I want to meet your mum and dad. And he's like, oh, okay. And he had the hots for me and he's like, Maybe we should kiss first. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to meet them because I'm in love with you. I want to meet them because I'm interested in finding out more about Steiner. And he's like, oh, I was kind of happy you wanted to meet my parents. I'm like, oh, we can still kiss, you're hot. <laughs> so we had a kiss, we ended up becoming lovers. Then I, I went and met his parents and as soon as I met his dad, we were just like, like right, I want to be a Steiner teacher. Changed my whole career, I rang my dad. I'm like, Dad, I found out about Steiner education. Do you know about that? He's like, yeah, I've got heaps of Steiner books in my library. I'm like, would you care if I dropped out of law and wanted to be a Steiner teacher? He's like, is that where you feel like that's what you want to do? Is that what would bring you joy? I'm like, yeah. He said, of course. My mum, we just spent all this money on you. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Your dad supports him in everything you do and it's my job to stand up and say that da 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 and then I'm like, Mom, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. She's like, oh, you drive me fucking crazy, kid, and hangs up on me. She came round. So I got back. I went and saw the law firm I was working for. I finished my degree in, in Holland. And I, Searle was the manager of the law firm. And I, I said to him, Oh my God, I can't be a lawyer. I don't want to do this. I'm so sorry. Like, they'd put money into me. They'd accepted me before I finished my degree. He's like, as much as I am so sorry to lose you, you have such an alive soul, and I know it's going to die if you stay here. And he was like, he goes, I love you. You've brought so much joy into this firm, and I hope you stay in touch. And blessings, like, go. I'm like, oh, wow. Wayne wasn't so happy about it. He's got, Sil was kind of fat and he was one of the coke guys. Wayne was like, oh, we've put this time into you, blah, 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 blah. 
And I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, that's okay. <laughs> so then I went on to study two years of Steiner. And it was amazing. I was like, to, when you train to be a Steiner teacher, you have to kind of do what the students do and play with clay and do observational meditation and sing and do your rhythmy, learn the alphabet through your body. You have to study anthroposophy and biodynamic farming. And it's like, oh my God, imagine, all of us were like, imagine if we had this when we were kids and you learn how to sing to kids and all of this amazing stuff. But by the end of it, I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. I wanted to be a mum. So it's like my destiny just kept changing. I'm like, I just want to devote myself to a child. I was only, I was only 24. So then I'm like, okay, I need to get married. So I said to Scott, my partner at the time, I want to marry you, I want to have a baby with you. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we got married and we had Sadelle and then I devoted my life to her for five years and I was so inspired and created a CD for new mums and wrote books and created workshops. And that was my destiny and I thought that that's what I was going to do. And then I realised that relationships were such a huge problem for children. So I started researching that and then I got into Tantra and then that was it. Then I'd found my life path. I have found my life path. But at the time when I was working with women, it wasn't enough to sustain us financially, Scott and I financially. So I started working in sales and I, I became CEO of a big organisation. And I ended up on a base salary of 150 grand a year plus commission. And I was doing the working with women on the side. And by then I'd had my second child. And I was coming, coming out of mother and much more into my masculine. And I was loving the money and loving the success and still also being able to share a lot of personal development stuff in teaching people how to be good in sales. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I want to learn more about relationships. And I found Tantra and I'm like, oh, Jesus. It felt so out of alignment going to work every day. And my teacher, my Tantra teacher, who I hadn't known for very long, had said, just quit your job and put an ad in the paper that you run Tantra sessions. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not ready to run Tantra sessions. Like, don't run, don't say it's Tantra sessions. Just say whatever it is you know you can do. And so we worked that out and I'm like, I think I was going for an interview for a law firm, all right? I thought I'll just get enough money first to transition. So it was two days a week. So I'd quit, I'd quit ASG, have the safety of the law firm two days of a week and then keep studying Tantra and becoming a practitioner. He's like, no, 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 you have to quit everything. Where are you at and what can you teach in Tantra? He's like, just give it a month. Put an ad in Nova, which is like a spiritual magazine. And then, so I did. I put an ad in Nova and the way that I described myself was a mum and a lover of life is going to help you come into your heart and into your body. The first week that I put the ad out, I had 10 clients and I've never looked back. But there was a big process in the middle of like letting go of all safety and putting all my trust in this and risking my husband at the time didn't have a job 
and I, and I had a pretty big mortgage. I had to completely risk everything. So it's like the way that I see it, that point you're at, that crossroad you're at, where it's like there's the safety of what you know is going to earn money and what you know is accepted by society and what you know is safe. And in that zone, in that comfort zone, you're kind of in a cafe, right? And you're drinking tea and you're chatting with your friends and you're kind of... The same stuff keeps showing up. And you're getting the same reflections from the external world that something's not working just by the fact that there's a bit of chaos showing up. But instead of listening, listening to the signs of whatever that is trying to tell you, you're kind of drinking coffee or your smoothie and you're really talking about the same thing that you were talking about a few years before, but you're just speaking about it maybe in a more evolved way. So the evolution of your consciousness is such that you have a broader, we have a broader and broader understanding of our lives as time progresses and we learn more about personal development, more about ourselves and we're held within different traditions. But you're still kind of sitting in the cafe. And so the cafe is here, right? And it's like we've kind of, you may have dived into the ocean with your boat, but you keep going back to shore. You've like touched the surfaces, but you keep going back to whatever your comfort zone is. But the fact that you're not living heaven on earth yet, that there's still disharmony showing up in your relationships, that there's still not this place where you know that you're in full service to yourself and the lives that you're touching. Something is stopping that external to you and it's telling you something. You're still kind of talking about it. And see that ocean, the trick is that when you get in the boat, there's a cliff at some point. So you've had the courage to get on the boat. All of you have shown that courage. And you've been going on the boat. It's been amazing watching you all. And now you've come to this point on the boat where there's a cliff and it's completely fucking unknown. And the boat has stopped. And you can now go to the coffee shop that's here. It's not just the shore where you're looking at heaven on earth and it's like far away. Now you're closer, you've got some tools. You've had a taste of freedom, a taste of love. But who knows what's on the other side of that? So then there's a coffee shop here where you're gonna be talking about all these spiritual principles, right? Where you're gonna be attached somewhat to some kind of concept or a teaching that either me or another teacher has shown you. So now it's time to let the boat go if you're really going to live your destiny, right? The boat is still there whenever you need it, but you have to, there's a dive that has to happen. You can sit here and drink coffee or a smoothie or tea and you can keep asking your teacher questions and certainly the teacher is there to answer. But there's also a willingness to just go, 
fuck, I'm just gonna jump. And you'll see other people jumping, right? You're like at the coffee shop and then other people are running past and they're jumping and you don't even know who they are anymore. And you're kind of like, fuck, that's a bit crazy. Maybe we need to build a fence. You know, there's the people in the coffee shop that want to build a fence. Because these people are dangerous. Because I'm not ready to be that dangerous. I'm not ready to have that level of courage. And if that person's just jumping and being completely themselves in the world and having no apologies for it and living their destiny, what that's always going to look like is that they're not a sheep anymore drinking coffee or a smoothie. They're not talking about it anymore and they're not talking about others anymore or making other people wrong. They've jumped and they're in the unknown. They've left the safety of the coffee shop. They've left the safety of the boat that is someone else's ideas. And now they're being held in this boat at a whole new fucking level. This boat, once you've jumped off the cliff, you're still being held by the tradition. You're still being held by the teacher. But now your own path is coming through, your own teachings, your own tradition. It's like, it's not for the student just to teach what the teacher teaches. It's for the student to embody whatever's been taught and then find their own way of teaching either that or something completely different. And you're still being held by the teacher, right? That's one safety you'll always know. Even when the teacher's not there physically, if they're a good teacher, they're always holding you in their shamanic field. So being ready to jump, whether or not you're ready to jump, is are you ready to allow yourself to see who you really are? So maybe at the moment, if you went out before today, if you went out into the world after this retreat, you would still be with the sheep, following and thinking that you're limited to a reality which dictates to you who you need to be, that your paycheck keeps you safe, that you need a paycheck, that you have to show up at this time, leave at this time, and pay a certain amount of your wage to the government. That's, it's like, why do you think that we're taught to become robots? Because the superpowers in the world don't want lions, they want sheep. And then spiritual leaders or spiritual teachers, good ones, will say to the sheep. So just imagine we're all here, right? Bah! And then somewhere in the distance, there's some lions. They're like, they're roaring and they're having a good time. And then one of the lions sees all the sheep. And that's all a teacher really is. Someone who has the capacity to see that the sheep are really saying, hey, come and show me that I'm a lion. <laughs> so the lion ventures into the, sh- into the land of the sheep where they were and where they know that there's so much more to that and I love you so much that I want to show you. And so it's like, come, come with me to the river, to the river of life. 
Come with me to the river of life and watch her ebb and flow. Come with me to the river of life and hear her beauty. Come with me to the river of life and see the flowers blossoming. Come with me to the river of life and see your reflection. And the power that's fueling the heart, the crescent moon that's holding it all, and the fire that's burning with enough strength that anything that's not truth is burning away, all culminates into the throat as the sheep looks in the river, sees the reflection of the lion, the teacher, and then looks in the river again and is shown, I'm a lion too. There's no difference between me and the teacher other than the only difference is that the teacher remembers and I've forgotten. Can I remember too? And the remembering is so courageous because it means we have to leave the safety of the flock and go be with the lions. And maybe we'll be hated. Maybe we'll be crucified. Maybe we'll be shot. I'm using the metaphors of leaders in history. People don't like people who stir things up because it's stirring their own soul and saying, hey, are you ready to be authentically you? Are you ready to stop giving a fuck about who society tells you you should be, what people think you should be? Are you ready to jump off the cliff and into the mystery and not know what the fuck is going to happen when you do, but you know that everything in your spirit, in your soul is saying, there's more to life than this. I deserve to be living in joy, not just in the evenings and on the weekends, but 24 fucking hours a day. It doesn't mean you're not gonna feel pain, but there's a joy in the pain. Because once you take that leap, you find your tribe. And you're not alone in that, and pain is shared, and pleasure is shared. You get reflections from your tribe. You're growing together, you're learning together. We're not meant to be just alone. Yes, that's part of the journey. Realizing that we are alone, we're alone becomes all one. That's the masculine transcendent path. But we're also together and that's the feminine path. Holding hands and we've all got this. We can all raise our children together. We can all create community and help each other find our gifts. Help each other have an expression for those gifts. Like, what would happen if we shrugged and let the world fall off our shoulders and find our own place in it? So the ironic thing is that to feel truly safe in the world, we must let go of all safety. Because it's not real fucking safety. Real safety is being connected to this earth. Real safety is knowing that you were born from this mother and this father. And the darkness of the mother, the darkness when you go through the molten crust of the earth and into the void that is she. And when you go up and beyond the sky into the void that is at the center of the galaxy and the two voids come together into the center of the heart, there's no way that the throat can't open. You want to just go, ah, what is your song? What is your song, your unique song? Everybody closing down the eyes. 
coming into your most comfortable seat. Cast your mind back to when you were a child and you were still in touch with dreaming, the unlimited dream. What did you, who did you want to be when you grew up? What did you want to be when you grew up? Reconnect with that. What lit you up? What lights you up? When are you most in your joy? With your feminine, happy with your vocations, your feminine. What does your masculine want? What does your feminine want? The feminine is the joy piece, the flow, the trust, the mystery, the intuition. The masculine is the structure, the awareness, the decisiveness, the presence. You can't just decide from the masculine what you want to do with your life. Or there'll be no mystery, no joy, no full surrender, no trust into something bigger. There'll be no, not a lot of emotion. And the feminine alone can't do it because she needs the structure and the decisiveness. But she needs to be a yes, as Graham so beautifully put it. Is your feminine a yes? And do you have the courage to listen to her? What does she want? But with the awareness as well. So have a little conversation in your mind between your masculine and your feminine. What does he want to do with your life? What does she want to do? And see how different or the same they are. Would you still wake up and do what you do for a job, even if you weren't getting paid? Obviously the payment is a bonus, right? And we need money. So it's okay to get paid. It's okay to get paid a lot. The more you get paid, the more freedom you have to travel around the world and to do as you please and touch as many hearts as possible. But just feeling that place of, because there's so much joy in your job that if you had like a million dollars in the bank or however much money would maintain your lifestyle, that you'd still do that job. That that's who you are, that's your essence. There is no separation between your life and your job. And a question I'd like you all to contemplate over the break is what would my masculine choose? What would my feminine choose? And when they get together, what would they choose as a vocation that lights me up? When I remember I am love, when I remember I am freedom, what do I do with my life? What's the fire in my heart that is my eternal spirit? expressed through the throat, unashamedly, unapologetically. That's the song of Tantra.
Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Elia Tantra School or visit elia.com.au. See you next time.